0: This podcast may contain explicit language and themes, so listener discretion is advised.
1: opinions will be performed. Are you ready? Is Welcome to
0: the hill to die You're listening to A Hill to Die On, a podcast hosted by two stubborn as shit Aussies who give hot takes on a different topic every week go away to dig deeper, and then reconvene to share whether or not their hot take hill was worth dying on. We're your hosts, Casual Ghostbusters, Josie Spicer and Cara Brooks. This week we're asking the question, is capitalism sustainable? Cara, do you think capitalism is sustainable? Uh, I think evidently not.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think especially right now, I mean, it was already becoming increasingly evident, you know, in the last 30 years, but especially at this point in time, um, 2020 has really
0: brought to light. I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, (laughs) how? And I think like,
1: I, I'll, I'll ask you first before I dive into it a little bit more. But, yeah,
0: I already know the answer, but uh, <laughs> is capitalism sustainable? Okay, so <laughs> um, I'm yet to read Adam Smith, but I recently found out that Adam Smith thought that wealth should actually be, like, wealthy people should pay more than their fair share of tax. Okay, so short answer, no, it's not sustainable. Kara, why do you think that capitalism is not sustainable?
1: Um, So, I mean, a lot of people know about what's termed late stage capitalism, which is where (laughs) we're at right now. And that's (laughs) like late stage of any sort of economic system is where it's starting to decline. I think late stage capitalism is just kind of hilarious because there's just so many layers of irony that go into elements of it. Like, did you hear about, I think it was Budweiser, where they donated like a 100 grand to uh, water, like, to conserve. I think it was maybe like, <gasps> lint with the water. But then they paid $5 million in advertising to tell everyone that they donated it. And, like, that's a perfect example of late-stage capitalism.
0: Much, like, how much water would they use to get $100,000 worth of profit? Exactly. Out of their beer. Yeah. Uh, like, so
1: there's just a lot. Um, and I, I was thinking about it more... Um, since we announced like so I haven't been researching it but I have been you know pondering it yeah uh, and I was thinking about like well what did we have before capitalism in you know western culture and we had feudalism right yes. like before capitalism and yes. honestly like it's not that fucking different like <laughs> capitalism if, if you replace them the royals with banks Um, it's basically the same, but yeah, like capitalism is basically just. You know, corporate feudalism. The banks own everything. There's different sort of levels that you s- split. So with feudalism, for anyone that doesn't know, is where the you know the the royals own all the land. Like the the royals own the country, and they delegate like land to nobles, which would be like the next stage down. Um, and then it goes down into like knights and the military, and then it trickles down into like farmers and then peasants are at the bottom. Excuse of me, end.
0: sorry. Did she just say trickle down? I did. <gasps> <laughs> so as you're talking about feudalism, I went on a date with someone and they said that they are about to read Adam Smith's work on capitalism, who's like the OG capitalist theorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I don't know much. I just knew that this dude was into fucking capitalism. So I was like, poo, poo, poo. But then I spoke to both my husband, Robert, and my friend Adrian, who I had previously interviewed on this podcast who's an economist, and actually Adam Smith wrote, so if you take Adam Smith's work in the context of the time, he's arguing against feudalism, was actually against landlords and he was against, like he was for the wealthy paying not equal tax but more than poorer people so fucking capitalist fanboys that want to own all these investment properties and think that taxation is like this awful thing they're not actual true capitalists because if you look at the work of adam smith he was actually like no fucking private ownership of someone else's where where someone else lives that's bullshit yeah so i found that really interesting um and I, i find it interesting that you mentioned that the way that we're operating now feels like feudalism but you're changing just some of the structures around like instead of a monarchy it's it's you know a free market (laughs) yeah it's like a it's it's like a weird gross hybrid it's like the worst part of the free market and feudalism and capitalism exactly yeah well at least i'm a hardcore democratic socialist what would you say that you are just so we can have a lens for what we're looking through initially
1: I would say probably the same. I definitely believe in socialised healthcare and I don't believe in, it's hard to say, like I don't believe in landlords when it's like, I rent, like I do pay my rent. Because um, that's your choice, and, right? Yeah, and like my, <laughs> yes, that'll be homeless. Uh, it's more just like, I think that there's basic human rights that capitalism really denies. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think everyone has the right, should have the right in a free society to an education, to healthcare, to, like, access to support for the disabled, for the elderly. Uh, there should be systems in place to support each other. And it's really, like, capitalism is just so individualistic and yes. it's sickening. And there's just way too much excess for individuals. And it's also built on a system of the way that it gets people to work is by instilling false hope that hard work creates success. And it cannot (laughs) be fucking further from the truth. Like what gets you success is being born into fucking privilege and having like a really fucking good idea. And you're just there at the right fucking time. That's really it. Like
0: Like so much of it is fucking gambling and sheer luck. If yeah. like or, or like lottery of birth, or yeah. I can't remember what the exact term is, but it's like be- yeah, as you said, being born into wealth. Like I only found out yesterday, Elon Musk was born into a fucking apartheid era emerald fucking family. Like. Yeah that's where he got his wealth from he's not some fucking self-made billionaire no he was born into wealth and he's a fucking jerk he's smart at a few things and thinks he can fucking okay sorry (laughs) i'm on a rant for the context if anyone's listening in the future and maybe 2020 is well in the past uh elon musk just bought like so many fucking ventilators But actually, they're CPAP machines for sleep apnea. They are not ventilators that will help people with the coronavirus. Um, They're for people with fucking sleep apnea. Hey, okay, cool. You got some CPAP machines. I know some people who can no longer afford their CPAP machines because they've lost their jobs due to the coronavirus.
1: But that's not what he's doing. That's my rant. A discussion I've been having a few times in recent days just to do with the whole, um, in discussions to do with landlords and if they should be charging rent or if tenants should be paying rent if they've lost their jobs during this time. And it's one of those things, and I'm sure you've probably posted about it as well because I know (laughs) we're both. I mean, you're definitely more vocal online publicly. I'm more vocal in private chats with people about right. stuff. But there's been a lot of people saying like that That has to be like fucking landlords buying properties and especially landlords that have multiple properties and use that just as their source of income. A, you're fucking scum Like yeah. if you're doing that as your full-time job. B, that has to be one of the only fucking things where... It's an investment that they think they should just get infinite returns yes. on. Like, there's yeah. no risk to the investment. Like, I'm sorry, the market fucking crashed. You're bad. Like, that was your yeah. fucking bad. And it, yeah, it fucked up. It went wrong and it sucks. But why is that anyone else's fault but fucking yours? Like, they just expect the government to pick it up, the tenants to pick it up. Like, the tenants are in a far worse fucking position because they don't even have assets they can liquidate.
0: Yeah, no, you're so right. And there's no like refinancing or anything like that. Yeah, and, and and even this bullshit
1: of like, oh, you can just get like a reprieve for a little bit where you still have to pay the money back but you just don't have to pay it right now. It's like, oh, so, cool, So it's no different. You're just going into debt in the long run.
0: Like- right, so for context, for whether or not you're up to date or whether or not you're in Australia or not, but there is a six-month moratorium on evictions. So that means you can't be evicted for six months but you can be blacklisted So Mm -hmm. your credit score will go the fuck down after six months. So you can be evicted after six months and you still owe that money after six months.
1: Yeah, and then you would never be able to find another property.
0: No, no. There's no protections for renters afterwards. Like this is anyone who believes in any sort of socialist policy has been saying this for ages. But now we're at a time where it's hard to ignore the fact that the federal and state governments need to step in and put in some sort of socialist
1: policy yeah. policy
0: in order to keep people alive.
1: Yep. And because that's the thing, it's like, is money just the most fucking important thing? I mean, the company I work for is certainly treating it that way. Like, (laughs) they're not giving a fuck about the people and are putting the profit over everything. Uh, But that's the way that capitalist society is fucking built, unfortunately, where it's, you know, supply and demand. And so as soon as the demand goes up, the supply has to increase. And like, funnily enough, a lot of people are wanting art supplies right now.
0: Because they're at home.
1: Yeah, and they're bored. And it's definitely not a fucking essential thing to most people. And it's like, have you seen those memes floating around at the moment where it's like normal people when they're sick and it's someone like in bed, you know, in <laughs> whatever. And then it's like people with coronavirus and they're just like out, like, I'm going on an adventure. Like yeah during like regularly like the park and it's just like fucking crickets like a tumbleweed you're the only person there and then suddenly when there's a pandemic it's fucking full of people that's basically what art supply stores are, are like at the moment
0: all right well let's go away for a week and <laughs> try i'm gonna try and convince myself about capitalism i don't think it's gonna go well But let's see. I think,
1: like, I normally I will say, like, what I want to look into. I'm not even going to try this week to say that because I know that I'm a fucking idiot when it comes to economics and the economy and how everything works. Like, before we did money and happiness, I was like, what's a GDP? Like, I've seen it on the news, don't know what it is. Like, So uh, I never claim to be, like, knowledgeable about it. But I, I, I think it's more like looking at other economic systems is interesting to me. It's like, what's an
0: alternative? That's a good point. Cool bye we've gone away to see if if capitalism (laughs) is sustainable or not are you now a huge open market libertarian capitalist now oh you
1: know it (laughs) yeah so so enthusiastic about capitalism (laughs) i know that um, this will be something that you'll have a lot more to say on than me, but I feel like you should go first because you'll have more to say in terms of, like, I don't want to just, like, brush over shit that you'll have really, like, in-depth views on. So I feel like it's probably better for you to soapbox it first.
0: You're overselling how much work I've done. <laughs> because, yeah. Well, work versus just strong opinion, I mean. <laughs> oh, I... Mm basically i tried to at least read op-eds from like if you google what's the pandemic taught us about capitalism the first few things that will come up are like jacobin magazine and world socialist magazine and stuff like that which are, are great i guess but um obviously i wanted to go with something that's not as explicitly like, socialist, <laughs> um, so I went to yeah. Teen Vogue, who are, by the way, like fucking like revolutionaries. Like they're ready. <laughs> they're they're so fucking good. But anyway, so on Teen Vogue, uh, March twenty fourth, Candice Mallett wrote an op ed that basically points out that you know there's actually a recession going on in the U S. and like the it's kind of like this awful like the pandemic then came and making the recession worse and but also the outcomes of the pandemic worse and the double whammy of a recession and a pandemic just basically pointed out what many of us particularly us like on the bottom rungs of like income and and power um already knew about capitalism so First off, she pointed out, like, one of her opening, one of their opening examples was a journalist at a White House press briefing asked Donald Trump, how are non-symptomatic professional athletes getting tests while others are waiting in line and can't get them? Do the well-connected go to the front of the line? And then Trump said, no, I wouldn't say so, but perhaps that's been the story of life. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) Basically, <laughs> wow! like that i guess that's actually the most insightful thing he's ever fucking said right. like You're
1: the most honest probably yeah
0: right like i wouldn't say so but <laughs> except for the first part i wouldn't say so no i would say so like that is true <laughs> like so close to having any sort of reflective thought there so uh, reading this like it, it kind of just confirmed stuff that you and i already know and kind of my thoughts at the moment are like I feel like it's easy to be gaslit by those with like vested interests or like just simply differing views that an anti-capitalist attitude is naive, that the capitalist structure that we were living in is the best way to live. But, you know, as a democratic socialist, my political ideology and preferred policies are literally backed by data. But that was never enough to prove it to anyone else that we needed a serious restructure of how we live. But now we're faced with like more tangible evidence that the status quo is inadequate. And it was never adequate, but now pe- more and more people are being pushed further down the ladder and it's making more people seriously and urgently question where to go from here. And Mallet from Teen Vogue pointed out that even some conservative politicians are now starting to consider a type of universal basic income due to this. Like, there, you know, we know about climate change, and, and we've fucking seen climate change, but, like, the nature of a biological, like, a pandemic means that it doesn't discriminate. Like, even with climate change, you can move location.
1: Yeah, and, like, rich people can have air conditioning, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So... They're not having to see it, whereas now we're seeing people have the physical, you know, the physical fallout of this and it it doesn't discriminate between class, but we're also seeing slowdown in production. The current number of unemployment in the US is at 13% um, at the time of recording, which is the highest it's been since the Great Depression. Wow. I think it's like now like 6.6 million new unemployment kind of applications have been put in. And Brisbane is 2 million, like it has 2 million people in it. So it's like fucking three Brisbane's worth of people yeah. that are freshly unemployed. Yeah, my
1: friend, one of my friends in the States lost her job recently and she has to apply for unemployment. And I know that for certainly her position, and I'm sure a lot of people who are now currently applying for it, ordinarily when they've lost their job in the past or for whatever reason, they just go and get another job.
0: You know, but it's like, no, that's just not the case. Jesus. Um, even that yeah. even that concept, at least in Australia, sounds absurd to me. Mm, oh, it's also
1: different in like hospital industries and stuff where it's Oh, like, right. Yeah. 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 You just walk into a new
0: bar or something. Like <laughs> Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's fair. Um yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty much the same here from my understanding too. Yeah. These op-eds that I've been reading have been kind of like really interesting in their tone because like they're angry like they're angry at like this is fucked so many people have been saying it's fucked and no one listened but then it's also kind of hopeful as in like pointing out the ways that we can move forward from this in a way that takes care of people in a better way so candace mallet pointed out like we're seeing some brands take down their paywalls for software or like drastically reducing costs to help out like freelance artists and stuff like that so i think adobe have like given two months of one of their suites or something to help people out and it's like see you can kind of do this like there's another way besides the fucking huge paywall that we're used to seeing we're seeing more people given the ability to work from home we're seeing the drastic positive effects of less traffic on the roads like the air pollution is dropping water is getting clearer like i've been spying dragonflies and bees and butterflies every time i step out of my home like the fucking wildlife are just happy i guess like a weird gross eco-fascist kind of thing is like oh people are the disease and there needs to be less population it's like no we just can't continue as we were like we can live a different way that is helpful for the environment and helpful for like individuals and and also keep a good economy going but this is an opportunity for us to choose not to go back to the way things were and i think that's exciting it just sucks that it takes this to move forward there's there's countless videos in la and other places of just cars to the horizon waiting for their food and it's just like how could anyone possibly defend capitalism and like the way that many nations around the globe are brazenly enforcing it like, how could you even argue that it's sustainable? Like, it's just not. The people at the top get theirs and that's that's it. But, yeah, so it's, like, probably naive of me to hope that more people will be demanding better working conditions and arrangements kind of after this once things start running again. But I fear that people will feel so grateful for work that they'll settle for the same or worse. So yeah. while I'm excited at the possibility I'm worried that it could go the other way where people are like, oh, yay, I'm so happy to have an income again, and they'll settle for less. Exactly. I'm really concerned by that. If you have your soapbox, I would love for you to hop upon it. Yeah, right. So I basically,
1: I read some stuff, I watched some videos, and (laughs) I barely wrote down what I was absorbing, so this is just going to be a giant mishmash of a bunch of stuff. I should probably quote a lot of the information was from a lecture by Professor Michael Munger, um, who's Professor of Political Science at Duke University. I will start off by saying just like basic things about capitalism. Like I think, you know, we all sort of have a basic understanding of what it is because we a lot of the people, so sort of sure the majority of people that listen to this like live in a capitalist country. But basically, like the number one rule of capitalism is to make more capital. Mm. So the logic of that is that capital makes all other things possible. So through capital being like money and property. So through money and property, you have like you know, food, healthcare, education, etc. That's the logic of the system. Um, but the capital itself is made through extracting value from the natural world and from each other. Oh. So, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's built on a system where the you know the value creation is from the people that are doing the hardest, most dangerous work, and they're treated as disposable units of production. So, it's really not an ideal situation for anyone other than those at the top.
0: Um, (laughs) I think that we're kind of seeing it now. Yeah. I mean, maybe with the exception of, you know, doctors who are still putting themselves in danger, of course, at least they are kind of getting paid higher than the rest. But otherwise, everyone else who is still working is given nothing.
1: Yeah. Like physically going to work, especially, and they're the people that are the lowest rung, basically. Like they're either healthcare or if they're not healthcare. The people that are seen as disposable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exactly. I wrote at one point Hugh even said that when we were talking about like our non-essential retail um businesses going to close in Australia. And because we're still both working non-essential retail jobs and yet having to go to work. Basically, he said that he thought part of it was a government theory to try and spark herd immunity through sending people still to work as much as they could. Um, so I was like, cool. So we're the guinea pigs for this because we're not valued. Like we're seen as disposable. So, you know, you know what? If you're gonna let people die, it may as well be the retail workers, like <laughs> just the worker bees.
0: Like <laughs> well, non-essential retail you're not gonna have any you, it's just full of poor bees, right like yeah, yeah. like it's but, fucking yeah. eugenics basically yeah seriously
1: like it's basically the idea i mean the whole principle really of capitalism is valuing money over life like profits before people so it's like money is supposed to be a tool for trade and for innovation and for like Bettering society, and instead it's become like a center of society Mm -hmm. and a purpose, like to your fucking life, where that's just what you're supposed to strive for is capital, and that's fucked. <laughs> straight up that's fucked. Yeah. Like I don't know when that happened or why that happened or why suddenly like human connectivity became a really low priority, but it has. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's fucked. So basically through like reading shit, I found a, a, a statistic and you know, who knows how accurate this is, I fucking believe it. It said eight men. Eight men control 50% of the world's wealth.
0: I would believe it. Did it, did it lay
1: out who? It didn't, but I'm sure you could fucking Google it. Like, I mean, yeah. Jeff
0: Bezos would be one.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's a bunch. Um, I remember reading one time about the richest people because I was shocked at how far down Bill Gates was. And it was like investors, like just unspeakably rich where you can't even imagine that kind of wealth and there's absolutely no need for it. So I was watching that lecture by Professor Munger and there were arguments he was he was talking about like arguments for capitalism which a lot of the time is where people view entrepreneurship as virtuous
0: right Um, yes
1: yeah so like you know you're seeking exchange opportunities and then through that you're generating a profit for the market so it boosts the economy of the country because you're generating profits but (laughs) he also said that the main issue with capitalism is that in a democracy it metastasizes into cronyism yes so where the people in power just manipulate the markets to their needs and that's exactly what we have in late like late stage capitalism is arguably cronyism Cause yeah. That's exactly what has it's become.:
0: <laughs> I honestly, like I don't know if it's been anything else in my lifetime, though. Like Oh, yeah, for sure, like definitely since the '80s. Like, yeah, I can't conceptualize anything different, yeah. yeah,
1: and, and it's because cronyism is what generates the highest profits. So he basically did a breakdown of the two sort of ways. That capital is gained basically, um, and it's either through profits, which, like, the definition of that would be excessive revenues from selling the product after the costs. So, <laughs> if the exchange of the like, if that exchange is voluntary, each person thinks they're better off for it. So, you're happy to have gained your goods, you're happy to have received your money. So, it's a positive thing. The entrepreneurs seek the profits to create value, and that value becomes capital, like that's you know, fueling the economy. The other way. <laughs> the super fucked way, is rent seeking. And that is competition for an artificial prize or benefit created by either A, taxing money from taxpayers and trying to give it away, or B, a restriction or competition that allows an artificial increase in prices for products sold. Um, So political entrepreneurs are rent seekers where no value is created. So they're the ones that make the most money, are like creating this fucking structure of cronyism, and not actually helping the economy at all. So, right. so cronyism is an essential feature of any democratic system that tries to be a tries to be capitalist, but it relies on the voters being passive and rationally uninformed. <laughs> um, yeah. And he said, who benefits from cronyism? Individual politicians and individual corporate CEOs? And the only hope would be for one of these groups to act morally, recognizing that cronyism is harmful to the system. But we can't rely on good people, we need good rules, so it never fucking works. Because you, you basically can't have, like, it's it's legal and it's profitable, but it's entirely immoral. But if you have people in power
0: that are entirely immoral, where's your issue? Well, even the rules thing, you get a certain amount of people in there they're gonna fucking change the rules anyway
1: exactly that well that's exactly why it's legal if something's completely immoral but it's legal it's because you had people in there changing the rules when there shouldn't have been so yep
0: and it's like the media is, is an especially insidious way of making sure cronyism stays because it is bringing on that passive and uninformed
1: Oh, for sure. And it's like, it's literally controlling people. Like, that is the power. Like, media is power because it's access to information. And if you're pumping out false information or misleading information or just things that, you know, very uh, filtered information, then, you know, you can, that's control. Like, you can sway people to your own view.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you're statistically probably going to be consuming Murdoch media. Oh, yeah.
1: Even if you don't want to.
0: Yeah. So that's really, that's really fascinating that there's like this, it's like the solution sounds quite simple. It's just not going to happen because people look out for themselves. Yeah, exactly.
1: And like one of the stories this, or like stories, examples this professor told in his lecture, he was talking about supply and demand in capitalism. And I wrote down this quote where he said, price is a way the market allocates resources in the face of scarcity, which is like so fucking relevant to right (laughs) now, especially. Uh, But the example he gave was a man walks into a shop and wants to buy a package of bottled water. It's $30 for a package. And he says to the shop owner, like, why is this so expensive? Just up the street, they're charging $7. And the shop owner's like, well... Why don't you go up the street and buy the seven dollar package? And he's like, "Well, they're all out." And then he's like, "Well, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll do you a deal. When we run out of the water, I'll make it seven (laughs) dollars." And he's like, "That's the supply and demand, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's you can charge what you want in a free market because if people aren't, yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's fucked basically, but it
0: is the way it works." yeah and so because obviously i fucking totally disagree with that and apparently there's some theory again i'm probably going to butcher this but the idea is that higher prices are supposed to stop people from like basically panic buying and and so it's like oh in theory you know if if you truly need the thing you'll you'll buy and you won't overbuy and then there'll be a good supply and it's like no that's not actually how it works in reality though because most people can't even fucking afford to buy the thing. Yeah it just means that
1: rich people get more. That's really the
0: like and and it I don't feel like it counts when you're talking about a necessity like water or food. Like okay if you're talking about a fucking Nintendo Switch or something like that and it's high in price like I still think it's gross and, and not okay but it's like no one's gonna fucking die. Whereas if Yeah, like I don't fucking care. I mean, as someone that works in non essential retail, when
1: someone comes in bitching about a price, I am literally like, so go up the street. Like, I don't care because we don't price match.
0: Go to Kmart. I don't fucking care. Like, that's why
1: you saw it and they have it in stock. Good luck to you. And nine times out of 10, they come back and still buy it from us because guess what? They didn't have it in stock. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it definitely is a thing. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a huge part of that argument is that it's what a lot of capitalists use as an argument for capitalism, like, whereas for people like us, we're like, nah, that's fucked. Whereas they, their argument will be, well, in a socialist society, like, that's how socialism works, like the prices are low, but the shelves are empty, you know, (laughs) like, and that's not, that's not it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> are um, they empty, Them? Well, like, it's I,
1: never been tested. That's the thing, right? Like, we right. a true socialist society. So mm. it's impossible to know how it would actually go down. But I think at the end of the day, people are just fucked.
0: Like, that's really I, I think the... so. And, and, you know, I'll probably be hounded for this by particular friends, but whatever. But I think there is a space for, like, a, a democratic socialist government that gives you your basics like your food and your water and your shelter and then maybe luxury items like there is still a capitalist element to it I don't know like I don't know enough about economics
1: in In like that lecture, so that the last quote that I wrote down from that guy, he said, The only way capitalism can survive is if the last dollar devoted to honest profits is still more productive than the first dollar devoted to rent seeking.
0: So uh, can you kind of give me like broader context? Yeah, just just so or like just like kind of put that in, yeah, a bit of a story or something. Just so I I feel like I understand, but I don't I wanna get my head around
1: it. So like basically the The issue is that so many of the profits generated are going to the wrong things. Right. I see what you're saying. So it's like if you could devote a section of the profits to things like healthcare, like education, and, you know, if you could remove the element of, or like make that a larger priority than something like rent seeking, which shouldn't fucking exist at all. No way. Why is that the priority versus like shouldn't feeding each other or like, being able to have time with your friends and family and knowing that you're helping your community be enough incentive like if everyone was driven by that and but instead it's like we're because we're raised like it's so fucking ingrained in us to want things and pride ourselves on things and our wealth and our you know what we've accumulated as a sign of achievement and That's the fucked part, is like the core is fucked and people are fucked, and there's not really a foreseeable escape to me from that, because any economic system that
0: you set up is still run by people, and Mm -hmm. people are still corrupt. I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is Protestant work ethic. We're still all brought up on that system of work until you die, basically. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, your hill, has it changed? Is capitalism sustainable? It's definitely fucking not. Um, <laughs> I think it needs like capitalism.
1: I mean, yeah, it's run by fucked people. That it is cronyism at this point. The rich control everything. It needs exponential growth to to thrive as well, and we have finite resources. So how the fuck can you have infinite growth with finite resources? Of course it's not sustainable. It rarely invests in social capital. It extracts natural and social capital. And once it's all extracted, there'll be no source of economic capital. Uh, so it's going to lose its ability to produce. And it's like basically doing that right fucking now with this pandemic. So that yeah, oh, not sustainable.
0: <laughs> exactly. No one's able to fucking produce now. That was real smart of you. Like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you Hill. Uh I know the answer, but I'm still going to ask. Is capitalism sustainable? No. <laughs> and if you think it is, you're a fucking <laughs> Yeah, so if you folks want to catch us online, we're at we're on Facebook at Ahiltadion. Uh you can follow us on Instagram at Ahill pod. We're on Twitter at Ahiltadion Pod. You can shoot us an email, pod at gmail.com. We might check it one day. And then we have our website, hiltadionpod.com. And we also have a Patreon if you would like to become a patron.
1: It is patreon.com slash a hill to die on pod. And we put our first um, Patreon only bonus episode up last week, this week at some point, whenever this gets released, I guess it will probably be last week. So if you join us in two weeks time, we will be discussing, do you have to wash your legs in the shower? Yep. See you then.